Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 173, and it's titled, What Our Past Relationships Taught Us. So... I don't know how we came up with this topic exactly, but it actually was a great idea because everybody, well, everybody should, <laughs> I'm not sure everybody does, but everybody should be learning stuff from their relationships. And if you really are honest with yourself and you really look back at the past relationships that you've had, you should have learned certain things from each one. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about past relationships we've had. And we've had a few. (laughs) We did not meet as high school sweethearts and live (laughs) happily ever after. That would have been great. It didn't happen. So here we are. (laughs) So we're going to talk about some of the past relationships we've had and some of the major lessons that we've learned. Now, when I was sitting down to write my list... I kind of realized that some of it was so old, I was having a little bit of trouble remembering some of them, but I'm going to do my best because some of them really did have big impacts on who I am today. And I imagine the same is probably true for you as well. Yeah. And there's not always a correlation between the amount of time spent in the relationship and the lesson, because I'm realizing that, you know, there's even somebody I haven't written about that I got great lessons from, and I was just with him for a few weeks while traveling, you know. So um, it's an interesting thing to know, right? That it's not always all about how much time and stuff that lessons can come in anyway. And it's also important to understand that if you got the lesson, usually your relationships kept getting better and better because you've learned what you had to learn and then you get to a higher place. If you find yourself in a place where you constantly have the same people and the same trouble, that just means that you're being very stubborn about learning the lesson. And until you're able to make the changes within yourself, you are going to keep attracting the same people over and over and be unsatisfied. Yeah, that's a pretty big red flag. If every time you get into a relationship, you have the same problems you had in the one before that and the one before that, it's a pretty big red flag. (laughs) That's true. All right, let's first give a big shout out to our sponsors before we dive in. I'm very excited about today and we're going to be sharing things pretty much openly. As always, we're open books here, so we are looking forward to that. But Let's give a big shout out to Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. All right. Well... I'm going to be going in roughly chronological order. (laughs) The lessons seem to get bigger (laughs) as life went on. So I'm going to start with some of the uh, smaller lessons, I think, and then work up to more of the present. I will not be sharing any names, by the way. If you are one of our exes... You might just guess who we're talking about. Uh, Yes, it will be you. Yeah, you'll recognize yourself, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm friends with 
pretty much every woman I've ever dated. And so I don't know how many of them or if any of them actually listen to this podcast. But if if you are listening, you, you might recognize yourself. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go way, way back to the beginning on this one. So <clears throat> I had a girlfriend when I was, I want to say, I think like 16. And... She was always asking me in the beginning how many people I had had sex with. And I absolutely refused to answer this question. Because you were a virgin? No, I had had sex with one person. Oh. But I was embarrassed by that because as a guy, you're like, yeah, I should have had sex with a whole bunch of women. I know what I'm doing. I'm experienced. Mm. So I didn't, I, I wouldn't answer the question, which of course, like then we, you know, she didn't want to have sex for a long time until she finally got comfortable enough with me to decide it didn't really matter so much. But what I learned from that was one, you need to be honest all the time. And what I realized was that had I been honest right from the start, we probably would have had sex months earlier, <laughs> right? <laughs> but what I also learned from that was it wasn't just that she didn't trust me because I wouldn't answer the question. And this took years to figure out, you know, later on. But what it really was is she wanted to feel safe. That's really what it came down to. And so there was, okay, you got to be honest in your relationships, Two, women need to feel safe when they're with you. Three, I also realized how you can see the exact same thing from two very different points of view. In other words, it, from my point of view as a 16-year-old, I didn't want to say because I was embarrassed that it was only one person and that I wasn't really skilled in that area. But for her, knowing it was only one person would have made her feel so much better, <laughs> much safer, much more comfortable. So you can see how we the same fact would have been perceived very differently or was perceived very differently between the two of us. And so these are kind of important lessons because you realize there's a lot of things in your relationship that are very likely like that, right? Where you perceive it one way and the other person perceives it a completely other way. And so what's really important is to just be open and upfront about all this stuff and then talk about how each other perceives things. So that was my number one. Well, my first lesson with basically going back to my very first official boyfriend, I waited until I was just about 18 years old and I was still a virgin. It was just a few weeks prior to my birthday, but I waited until I was in love with somebody and I thought it was a really good choice and good lesson. As a young woman, there was a bit of pressure about like, wow, I'm, I'm just about to turn 18 and I'm still a virgin. It's quite embarrassing. I hadn't even kissed um, anyone really back then. So I really was looking forward to popping those cherries everywhere. Uh, but I held back until I found somebody that um, I felt connected to and with and didn't give in to the peer pressure that the cool thing was to do this or that. And so I appreciated that about myself. Well, that relationship really lasted just a few weeks, literally, because then I went away for an entire year. And what was interesting was that my parents met when they were 14 and 16. And so growing up, I thought that relationships were meant to be forever. 
And that's really what I had hoped I was going to create, to have somebody I would fall in love with, we would build a life with, and would have like all of these years together. So when my first boyfriend came around, for sure, I was like, I'm going away for an entire year, but no problem. Our love is strong. Distance doesn't matter. And we're going to stay together. And it didn't take very long, I want to say maybe three months before we realized that this was a bit over our head. Back then, we barely had internet. We were still writing letters most of the time. Uh, But we realized that being 18 just was not the best plan to be with a long distance relationship. And we both wanted to have different experiences anyway. And so for me, that was the first maybe disappointment in terms of letting go of some ideas and ideals that I had preconceived in my head from the models I had. So some of them were, okay, when you have a boyfriend forever, right? And then also about the Prince Charming, and we'll come back to that. So the whole idea that the my one was going to be my one and only and first and all of this got shattered. Um, and I realized ultimately that it was a good thing because I've seen him again years later and we would not have been good matches for each other or happy together (laughs) (laughs) all right so my next one uh this person actually had really profound impact on my life at the time but this is one of those ones where when i was sitting down writing it i couldn't really feel the energy of it anymore because it was so long ago it was a little hard to remember but here's what i do remember she was much more of uh what you would kind of call a free spirit And growing up where I grew up, how I grew up, with who I grew up was much more rigid. And so what was interesting is is she really opened me up to being more spontaneous and being more sort of free spirit. Like she's the type that, you know, uh, if it was summertime and a rainstorm suddenly happened, she would like rip off her clothes and run in the backyard and dance naked in the rain, like like, like that kind of stuff, you know. So not not like crazy crazy stuff, but <laughs> just like hey, let's go here and do this. Oh, this would be cool, and like so. Well, who hasn't danced naked in the rain? Of course, it's, it's a normal thing to do. Well, it is now. It wasn't back then. (laughs) But it really did. You know, we we dated for a couple of years. And actually, by the time that relationship was over, I was really transformed as far as how I looked at the world and what I was open to compared to, you know, what I was open to prior to that. I will give her a bonus also uh, that um, she took me on my first ever mountain bike ride. Mm. which mountain biking has been like one of my passions now for 28 years. Yeah, you're so, still doing it to this day. That's right. So she gets credit for having taken me on the at the first ride. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I was instantly addicted. So, <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. So ladies listening, notice how Kevin was talking about his experience in how she helped to make him a better person and to just open up more. And as a woman, 
in my younger experiences with with men too i saw that a lot i pretty much left all of my boyfriends better than when i found them and i do see that as women a lot of our roles is to inspire the men in our lives to step into their greatness and that we women often get clearer on that sooner than they do and that it is one of our responsibility to help them step into that that place that they can be so that leads me to well it's not really my second one but um we're going to skip a few. The second one on this list. On this yeah, yeah. List I'm skipping is, around as well. It's Boyfriend M. And Boyfriend M was my very first like long-term relationship. It lasted about a year and a half. And it was an interesting one because my parents hated him. So the more they hated him, the more <laughs> I wanted to be with him, right? Because, <laughs> oh, you know, shocking. I'm like 20-something, right? So it's totally the thing that you would do um, because the more you're being told you shouldn't do that, you're like, oh, I'm going to do that. What was interesting about that relationship for me is that from the start, I knew that we weren't really a great match and I knew I was going to break up with him at some point. I just didn't know when. But I also knew that it was an important relationship to have. And a year and a half when you're like 19, 20 is a long time. And I definitely learned some good stuff there, more about things that I didn't want rather than anything else. Um, So... One was about how it's not sustainable to change yourself to please your man. So M and I were very different and he liked a certain type of women and he liked them super pretty in high heels, tight pants and makeup and the long hair and all of this. And I mean, I could fit that description. I have that side, but I also have the hippie side of like being barefoot and dancing in the rain. And I was like, well, I can just focus on one side of myself to please him. And I think that's definitely something that I learned that I lost myself. I lost myself in that relationship in trying to be someone who I wasn't fully aligned with. And while there were parts of it that were a match, it wasn't exactly a true resonance. And so the biggest lesson was really about the importance of staying true to who you are and that molding yourself and changing yourself to make your partner happy is not going to work in the long term and it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great lesson. All right, next one on my list is, I was trying to think about this particular relationship. This was another one that was slightly fuzzy in my mind, but then one part really came back and I was like, oh yeah, now I remember. (laughs) So I was dating a girl who was getting her master's degree in psychology. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) No offense to all you psychologists out there, psychiatrists, whatever, but... You know, it probably had something to do with the fact that she was still learning too, right? Because she's learning all this stuff. She wants to put it into practice. But what I learned from this relationship was how to set boundaries because she kept overanalyzing our relationship all the time. So, you know, like when you're learning something new, you see everything through that lens, right? So, you know, she's getting her master's degree in psychology and she's constantly looking at our relationship. Going, does, does, does this match what I read in the book? <laughs> Maybe this could be such and such a psychosis or, you know, like constantly doing stuff like that. Drove me insane. And I think was ultimately responsible for the end of that relationship because finally I just had to set some boundaries. I had to say, look, 
you're not allowed to analyze our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not our couple's counselor. <laughs> I'm not a willing participant to this experiment. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, the idea of learning how to set boundaries is really, really important. That's just one example where at one point I kind of had to like put my foot down and say, look, here's the line in the sand. We can't continue like this because this is not working for either of us. It's not healthy. It's causing more problems than it is actually helping. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that that, that sort of idea of I got to set boundaries Not to say that I learned it once and was perfect at setting boundaries from there on out, because I wasn't, (laughs) but at least I understood that there are times that you really do have to do that. And one of the things that we see a lot when we work with couples is that people don't set boundaries. It's a huge, huge problem. Or consequences. If they set a boundary, there's no consequences if the boundary gets crossed or they change their mind. And then again, the no consequences is like, really important that you got to change that boundary consequence and stick to those. Yep. But it's a whole other episode there. (laughs) (laughs) So we left my last boyfriend, Anne, and after that, I took a very conscious decision that I wanted to be celibate for a while so that I could understand and find myself more. After that relationship, even though I'm the one who called it off, I realized that it wasn't worth just jumping right away into something else, that I would benefit more from taking some time to get to know myself. I was just in my very early 20s, right? And that was a really smart decision to give myself some space in between. So fast forward, there was a a few people I had sex with, there was some traveling. And like I said, one person that wasn't on this list, but was uh, someone I traveled with for a few weeks. And what I loved in that relationship was that we both knew this was just a few weeks together, but we both gave our whole, like whole to each other. Like we were, we gave it all. And I remember this time where we were in Thailand and we rented this cute little bungalow together and he went to the farmer market and got all these roses and then he came to the bedroom and was like showering me with roses, petals and, and all of this. And this was like the most like magical thing that anyone had ever done for me. And I was so surprised that someone who was in this very short-term relationship was willing to invest so much because my previous relationships, even of many years, they never, ever did anything like that to me and for me. And so that helped me raise my standards so much more about what was possible, what to expect. And I also learned about the whole power of just being in the now. Like We never focused on, oh, it's only going to be a few weeks and then you're going to go... Um, uh, each other, like in our separate ways. But the funny part to that story is this, so this is a really short relationship, travel, blah, blah, blah. And then fast forward a few months and you are meeting my husband, D. Well, husband at that time, right? And it's like, I'm about to get married and it's the day before our marriage and I happen to run into the one man that I was talking about from my traveling. And here I am. And my husband was 31 years older than me. So it definitely was a big age difference. And the lover I was with was only, I think, about a decade older or something like that. And it was kind of like watching the two together. I could see like the older version, the younger version, and had this moment of like, which one do I pick? What do I do? (laughs) I'm supposed to get married tomorrow. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. So that leads me to the 
lessons of, well, I was married and obviously I got divorced. Um, and if I'm being really honest, I kind of doubted it from the beginning, that marriage. So my lesson number one is just because somebody proposes, you don't have to say yes. Okay, ladies, very important. It's tough to say no, and you might want to do it gently, but just because someone proposes, you don't have to say yes. But the other thing, too, that I learned in retrospect was the fact that I was doubting it, like, I... I didn't really trust myself in that. Like I knew it wasn't really the best match, but I wanted that fantasy. I wanted to be married. I wanted to have kids. I wanted to have like uh, the picket fence and, and the dog and all of that. And that was kind of that fantasy. And what's interesting about that is what, of, what part of that was mine? What part of that was societal pressure and expectations? And, and we'll come back to that in a little bit. So some of those lessons that I learned is you'll, you know in your heart if it's not the right relationship. And please, please, please listen, because it's much easier to walk away before you're married and then you have to go through a divorce. Luckily, my husband and I divorced in really good terms. We did it on our own. It only costed us a few hundred dollars <laughs> and it was super easy to split. We didn't have any children, so it was very, very easy. Um, now, also... What was interesting is that relationship with D was was a good relationship. But I wanted great. I wanted great and I knew it could be so much better. And I kept waiting for him to change, to do some things that he promised me he was going to do. He was like, I'm going to be doing these things. And I'm like, okay. And five years in, it still hasn't happened. And I'm like, that's just it. I have to go. I have to go find my great. And so... The lesson I got is that don't settle just because you've created something. And if you know in your heart that something greater, like go for it because life is short and you got to you got to go for those things. The other thing that I want to give D some credit for is that maybe also because of our age difference is that he gave me a lot of freedom in our relationship, which was really necessary. I was very young between 23 and 28 that we were together and because I was doubting the relationship a lot, at some point he just gave me the car keys and said, you've got the credit cards, you've got the car, just go do whatever you need to do and come back when you're ready. And that was that so... That was bold. It was bold. And that was so powerful that I actually stopped wanting to go somewhere else after that. Like I was <laughs> like, oh, I have that freedom. Um, and so he did that, that. That was a beautiful lesson in terms that, of things that I got to. And also from my upbringing, my parents were very a bit more controlling and judgmental. And D was so much more of a free spirit, like the total opposite from my parents. And I think that that was a like important experience for me to see that the other end of the spectrum of what was possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was that was huge. That was really bold of him. And notice that once you felt like you had the freedom, you didn't need to actually exercise it. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a good example of, you know, everybody thinks the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, it's not exactly the same thing, but the, the idea is that when you're sitting over here and you're in your relationship and maybe things aren't going the way you would like them to go, you're looking out over there going, oh, if I could just have more freedom, if I could just do this, right? And then when you actually get that, you go, eh, well, it wasn't, wasn't really that great. <laughs> you know something, too, that I want to add is the day I finally let go that 
he wasn't doing what he said he would do and what I wanted in a relationship. And I decided to go for it and find somebody else. Um, it took a while, uh, but then, you know, him and I still saw each other and in the divorce, we still had sex a few times. There's still a few things that happened, but a few years down the road, he called me and then he finally started to give me all the things I had wanted to have when I was in a relationship with him, the appreciation, the attention and all of that. But what's interesting is had I stayed with him, I'm not sure he would have been able to get there. I knew it was within him. I knew it was possible, but he couldn't do it. And so giving, like going after what I wanted, not settling, first, I got what I wanted. And second, it allowed him to be forced to morph into that version and, and be a better man. Yeah. So before we get into our, uh, we have about, I have about a couple left. Um, oh, I got some big ones coming up. Okay, so, so we before go. the big, big, big lessons, let's give a little shout out or big shout out to our sponsors, which is us. Um, we want to invite you, all committed couples, if you feel that you're stuck in a rut and that you're going through the daily motions instead of connecting the way you used to, if you feel tired of stale mechanical sex that lacks spontaneity and fun and you don't want to live a life of average, no, 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 no fun, then we'd like to invite you to join our highly sexed Power Couple Platinum program. If you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. Go to CelineRemy.com forward slash passion and that's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com forward slash passion to learn all about our program. All right. I got quite a few more, so I'm going to kind of go through them maybe a little faster, maybe okay. do like two at a time or something like that if, if I can do that. Okay. So the next one on my list is interesting. There were a couple of things I could share about her. The first one, which is super, super f sort of short and fast, is that she was kind of the first um, girlfriend I had where we really started to experiment sexually outside of the like, it's just the two of us having, you know, quote unquote normal sex. So like, you know, toys, we went to our first sex club together, stuff like that. So that was, that was well, that was kind of a, an important experimentation at that point in, in life. Um, but the biggest lesson, actually, that I learned from her was uh, we both moved across the country at the same time. And I came first, and she was still finishing up some schooling that she was doing. And then she came later. So I had, I think, about three months to sort of establish myself. She showed up not knowing anybody or anything. Well, I was pretty busy. I was pretty actively involved um, with the, the local mountain bike scene and rock climbing and just people that I had met. I was riding with, I wasn't riding for them. I was training with a pro mountain bike team. And so most weekends I was out on training rides and stuff like that. So at some point in the relationship, I noticed that something was different. Something was not quite right. And, you know, of course, I confronted her. I asked her, okay, what was, what's going on? She denied everything, wouldn't tell me what was happening. Well, she used to keep a journal by the bed all the time. 
And I know everyone's like, oh my God, you read her journal. That's terrible. How dare you violate that? And I'm like, well, I gave her the opportunity to talk to me first. I really tried and it wasn't happening. So I was like, I got to figure out what's happening here. So of course I opened up the journal, read an entry where I found out that she had actually cheated on me with somebody else. So, you know, there's a lot that could be said about that. But the biggest part is, is that once I understood that I didn't, I didn't act irrationally. I didn't scream at her. I didn't kick her out of the house, any of that kind of stuff. I was really hurt. I was really disappointed, but I really had to sit back and say, okay, how do I feel about this person? And what do I want? Right? Because what most people do in a situation like that is they overreact, right? They fly off the handle and then they, they do actions that don't take them in the direction that they actually want to go. So in my case, I still loved and cared about her a lot. I realized kind of in that moment that I was somewhat neglecting her and not giving her enough attention. And so I thought, well, what do I really want? What I really want is for us to stay together and to have a great relationship. I said, well, how can I go about getting that, right? So basically, you know, I just sat down with her and, you know, said, okay, look here, here's what I know. And here's, let's talk about why this happened and where we go from here. And we actually were able to move past that. And we were together for several more years after that. And it really, you know, there's a lot of people, we hear this too when we work with people like, well, in the seven years ago, in the beginning of our relationship, <laughs> when we were very first dating, he was sort of dating somebody else too at the same time. And I, I never really got over that. And I'm thinking, that's like every new relationship that starts, right? Especially dating apps. Most people are like juggling two, three, four at a time in the beginning. But, but we hear these things from, from our, uh, our clients. And so that was an important uh, lesson for me to learn that, hey, you know what? You can move beyond these things because it honestly never came up again. And I wasn't holding any resentment. There was no weirdness about it. We both just said, okay, we understand why this happened. Let's not do that again and then move forward. So that, that was a huge lesson because I had zero examples in my life of anybody that was ever able to do that. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And it's great to know that it's possible. And you're a great example for people listening, knowing that there is another way, even if the trust got broken, you can repair it if you're dedicated to doing that. Yeah. But you can't hold on a grudge or hold on to the past. Once you've decided to forgive, forgive, forget, move on. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you got to make that decision. Are you going to talk about a couple more uh, before I share some of my things? Or How many you got left? I have basically R and U. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me let me do a little bit more then, okay. and uh, and then uh, yeah, then that way it's a little bit more balanced. Okay, so the next one, this next person on the list was, you know, the one the one I just talked about was probably the first partner where we actually lived together and were were pretty serious. But even though we were serious, it, I don't know. There was something. There was a. a, a a level of depth there that wasn't quite there, but we were still relatively young. The next one on the list, we were a bit older and it was the first relationship where I really thought like, like this is the one, right? Like this is okay. Yeah. Like I'm going all in on this. So two things to share about that particular one. 
in this one, we really dove into uh, opening up our viewpoints on spirituality and, and the intersection of spirituality and sexuality. So that was kind of big. There were like some really big things I learned there. I mean, it was that relationship when I learned how to separate orgasm from ejaculation. Mm-hmm. And so there was some cool stuff about that. But probably the biggest lesson I learned was when that one ended, and it was not by my choice, she decided she wanted to go into a different direction, which at the time I was like, I don't think that's really the direction that you think. Anyway, as it turns out, she never did go in that direction. It was like 15 years later, you know. So I kind of was right, but I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Well, I'm glad it ended. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but the point is, is that, um, you know, that it was was, was pretty crushing for me when Mm -hmm. that relationship shifted. But what we were able to do was not only part very amicably, but to stay really good friends pretty much ever since, even yeah. to this day. And you guys work on some projects together. She was at our wedding. I mean, that's just, yeah, exactly part of our life. Exactly. <laughs> so, but again, how do most people treat a breakup, right? So somebody, like you're totally in, you're invested, you know, you've already started to build your lives together and then one person decides they're going to bail, Right. You're totally crushed by what most people do. Well, they get pissed off. They don't want to talk to them. They're like, whatever. They basically just like, I need to cut ties completely and move on. Not to say that any of that is wrong, because in some cases... You might need a distance at first. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we had some distance. We weren't like best buddies hanging out, you know, (laughs) for the first few months or a year. But we, we always were close. I mean... A side note was when we had to move out to, you know, because we were living together, she got really sick on the day like that we're supposed to move out. So she had arranged, like I had my movers coming, she had her movers coming, and we were going in two separate directions. But um, she ended up getting really sick and couldn't do anything, like, like, like couldn't get out of bed sick. So even in that situation, I was between running to... Uh, the natural food store to get her chicken soup to make her feel better while continuing to uh, box the rest of her stuff and then help her one mover who showed up. I had two movers help me or one mover that showed up, move everything, you know? So, but the point is, is that, that you can do that, right? You can realize, okay, maybe this isn't what I want in this moment, but for whatever reason it's happening, and I still care about this person, so I'm not going to sabotage, you know, the friendship or the, you know, the, all the good times that we've had by, by turning into an asshole, basically. No, I'm not going to do that for you. Screw you, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm going to do one more, and then you can do yours, and then I'll finish up with mine. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, we get a, just a few more minutes before the end of the show, so let's do this. I know, right? We're about okay. to climax. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, more towels, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next one. All right, so after that relationship that I was just talking about ended, I was like in no place to be in another relationship. But there was somebody that I was friends with that I'd known for a while, and we had really good uh, chemistry in a sense that we got along really well. We laughed together a lot. We had a lot of fun, like, 
going rock climbing and stuff like that. And, you know, she was interested in being more than just that. And I said from day one, I'm like, okay, look, I am not ready. I am not capable of giving you what you want. Like from day one said that she totally agreed. We decided to move on. So we traveled together. We had sex together. We, you know, climbed around the world and did a lot of cool and fun stuff. But there were some major lessons to be learned in that one. (laughs) The first one was, even though that she said she was okay with that arrangement, she really wasn't okay with that arrangement. So I learned from that. I'm like, "Mm, okay, I need... Because, you know, she just said, yeah, that's cool with me. And I was like, all right, sweet, let's do it. Whereas if I were confronted with that same situation today, I would ask a lot more questions and I would be a whole lot more certain. And then I would still be aware that even if I was 100% certain, it probably wouldn't be true. (laughs) Because the other lesson that I learned, which was one that I talked about earlier in the show, was it didn't work for her because she didn't feel safe. She just didn't feel safe. And I totally get that. I did not give her any reason to feel safe. So she had massive jealousy issues and all kinds of stuff. Um, so that was the first one. Like that, okay, I, I get it this time, universe, God, whatever. They need to feel safe. Got it. <laughs> so that, that was the first one. The second one was... Her and I had really different communication styles. And it was the first time I was ever in a relationship where we communicated so differently that I was forced, literally forced, to learn how to be a really top-notch communicator because I just couldn't do it. If I said, if I said wow, that wall is white. She said, don't tell me that's black. I'm like, it's not what I, how didn't, white left my mouth. How did you hear black, right? That's a lot of the communication struggles that we had. And so, you know, I like, I literally took communication workshops. (laughs) (laughs) I read books on communication, like nonviolent communication and stuff. I was like, I need to figure out, I, I, this is just, this is insane. It's not working. (laughs) So I learned a bunch of skills like, slowing down because I was communicating a lot of stuff and it was too much for her. And so a lot of what I would say would just get lost, right? I learned things like chunking it down, like giving her one small piece at a time, let her process that, right? And then come back before I give her more. I learned stuff like asking each other to repeat back. Well, okay, here's what I'm telling you. Now tell me, what did you hear? And then they repeat it back. And I'm telling you, For the longest time, when we first started that exercise, nearly everything that came back to me was absolutely the opposite of what I had said. And I was like, wow, how is this even possible? You know, it's not like the game you played when you're a kid, you know, telephone where everybody whispers and by the time it gets all the way to the end, it's totally different. Yeah, because it went through 15 people by the time it got there. No, this is from one person to another and it would come out opposite. And I was like, whoa. So... That for me was like a huge crash course in how can I communicate so efficiently that these problems don't occur. I still, you know, I got, I, I, I improved significantly. I still had a little ways to go, but I improved significantly. Last lesson from her was this is when I really, truly understood polarity. I'm going to try to give this part of the story as quickly as I possibly can. Okay, so 
When having sex with her, there were times when it worked amazingly and we had great sex. And there were times when it just absolutely flat out was a disaster. I'd never had that before. I'd never had, usually it's like, it's either amazing and then good and then amazing and good, or it's just not good at all. Or I never had anything where it's like, whoa, that was awesome. And then like, how, how, what, what, how, how could that be the same person? Right. And I was really struggling to figure out why, because, you know, I'm one, I always want to have good sex. Two, I always want to please my woman. Yeah, little, I got to figure out this problem. Why does sometimes is it terrible? So one day I started to get a clue because I'm pretty good at noticing patterns. And the pattern I noticed was, is that every time that I was really tired and I didn't really step up and take charge of the situation, I started to notice that those were all the times when it didn't work because... She was a woman who was at a pretty strongly developed masculine side, and she would attempt to take over. The problem is then we end up clashing all the time. So I decided to do a little experiment, and I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell her what I'm doing because that's going to influence the experiment. I said, the next time we have sex and it's not working, uh, no matter how tired I am, no matter how much I just want to lay on my back and let her ride me, I am going to take charge of this situation, no matter what it takes. And so I started doing that. We never had another bad lovemaking session after that. And that's when I started to realize, okay, I get what's happening here. I started researching it a little bit more. I started coming up with words like polarity because I didn't really know that word at the time. And I realized that you had to have polarity in a relationship for it to really function. And we've talked plenty about polarity, so I'm not going to go into a polarity teaching now, but this is just to tell you that this is where I really learned it. So the last piece on that is after I figured this out, I told her what I was doing that was different. And she basically was like, <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, that's bullshit. She's like, that has nothing to do with it whatsoever. She literally did not believe me. So then fast forward a few months, things are still going well because I'm not stopping. I'm not, I, I figured out this, the solution. I'm not stopping. So we go to a workshop given by a guy who's teaching polarity teachings. It wasn't David Data, but it was very similar stuff to what David Data teaches. And at the break, I got, we went up to him and we got to have a private conversation with him. And I said, let me ask you something. And I basically told him, here's what was going on. Here's what I did. And here's the result I saw. And he looks her square in the eye and says, yep, mm -hmm. he's right. And that's when she finally started to get it. Like, uh, uh, fuck, he's right. <laughs> wow. That's quite the relationship there. Lots of great lessons. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the best part of that was all the lessons learned. <laughs> Actually, that's not true because we have a good friendship to this day and we had some amazing travels around the world too. Hey, bonuses. All right, so back to my stories here. Uh, after I left husband uh, D, I went into another relationship with R and that relationship, what was interesting is in that process, I started to look really realistically at the expectations of what I wanted in life. So I had thought I wanted to have a husband and the kids in the house. I was thinking that I'm always going to have my Prince Charming saving me. And I came to the realization, ladies, listen to that, that no one is ever going to come and save you. And that if I were to want to do that, I had to do it myself. Not that I 
you know, don't need a man or want a man, but it was a very different, very important turn of event for me in understanding I wish I had the sound effects. I would have dropped multiple truth bombs on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, so I started taking more responsibility for not just wanting to be saved by somebody else, but for the co-creation when you're in a relationship. And I got in a relationship with R who also had a big age difference with me. And um, what I learned from that relationship was some really positive things. We we had an open relationship and explored a lot in that. So any time that you dabble outside of the box, you will learn things about yourself. And so that taught me a lot of things about communication, interaction with multiple people and expressing your needs and wants. But in that particular relationship, I got a lot of appreciation and safety, which is funny, like what Kevin was talking about, which was lacking so much from my previous relationship. And in this one, he showered me a lot with it. And that's really what helped me blossom and open up. And so that is one of the principle we teach in our work with our clients that you're never going to get change from criticism. There's no such thing as constructive criticism. You'll get change from appreciation and reinforcement of the, the positive. And I, I saw that in myself. I saw how it really helped me to step into my confidence and to the women that I knew I could be, uh, to just be held enough that I felt safe and seen and appreciated. One of the downsides in that relationship to that I learned is, you know, we all have different patterns. And while we always want to help our partners to be the best they can be, and especially for me, like I tend to kind of have that healer within that wants to heal everybody, like help everyone, right? Uh, What I've learned is that no matter how much you see their potential, what they can do, who they can be and the thing in their way, if your partner is not willing to do the work themselves and change, it's not going to happen. And I had to let it go at some point that we could continuously try to change each other or just be okay with who we were as we were or move on, you know. And that was very important, that moment of the stop pushing to make something happen that wasn't really happening. And we parted um, amicably too, um, and that's also when Kevin came into my life. Uh, for a little while there, we were still kind of in, we were in an open relationship together, um, and then Kevin and I really like dedicated ourselves to one another. And that would be my last there. It sounds like I only had just four relationship, but really I think there was more like fifteen. But I kind of glanced over a few because whatever, right? Yeah, well, not you know I I glanced over a few too because not because. Because they were insignificant, but they just didn't have major life lessons. Yeah. You know, so there's only so much you can do in one show. We're already at a time. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll quickly tell you about um, husband Kevin. He's the only one Ooh. that uh, I get to say his full name. Well, what I was uh, so far, what I've gained in our just about six years is that there's nothing better than being with someone who's compatible, where the person's not trying to change you, but accepts you for who you are and then cheers you on. Um, That makes a whole world of difference in how easy a relationship is. And I celebrate that. Mm hmm. Okay, so I got two more, but one's going to be super fast. Um, you know, the one, the next one sort of chronologically that I'm choosing to put on the list uh, was somebody who on the surface, at least in the beginning, looked like we had a lot of compatibility, which was why I initially got involved in that. 
But as time went on, I started to notice there were more and more things that weren't compatible. But at that point, I was kind of like, well, you know, we've been together for a while and you know, maybe they're not that big a deal. And I really tried hard to compromise and make it work. So much so that it literally was to a significant detriment to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I really learned from that one is just don't compromise. Just, and that doesn't mean like we have a small disagreement over what time the trash goes out. No compromise. No, <laughs> no. But there's core values. There's core things that, you know, are important to you. And if they're not present in your relationship, don't compromise and try to make it work because neither of you are going to end up happy. Okay, so that one's done. The last one on my list, of course, <laughs> is wife Celine. Ah, it's me. <laughs> and here's why I laughed. We did not compare notes. We just wrote our own things and then showed up to the show. But as I was scrolling to get to mine, I happened to see one of hers, and I laughed because she just read to you what she wrote down for her and I. Here's what I wrote down. There's nothing better than having a partner who is extremely compatible that you can really go deep with, be a total team with, be completely yourself and build a life together. It's almost the same thing that you wrote. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're compatible. (laughs) So, you know, this relationship is also the longest one that either of us have ever had. And so to simply say that's the only lesson that we've learned in the number of years that we've been together really wouldn't be accurate. There's so much, so much that we've been through, even in, you know, just the years we've been together and so much more to still continue to go through. Um, So I don't want to limit it to that and say that's all we've learned. (laughs) But we're trying to just pick like major overarching themes here. And so for me... One of those themes really is the fact that when you really find that person that just fits, there really is nothing better. Mm-hmm. There, there just isn't. You know, and if you haven't found that yet, I wish for all of you that you do. And don't settle because there is somebody out there who will be a perfect match. We have the craziest people we know, kinkiest, weird things they're into, and they found matches. They found people who love them just as they are. And if we were to tell you some of their preferences and stuff, you'd be like, wow, like you would probably put those people into the free category. But guess what? They found their match. There is somebody out there. When they did, the, this is the first thing you and I both said to each other, wow, if they found it, there's somebody out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was a long list. Any, any last wrap-ups? No, we just ho- I just hope really that this was inspiring to listen about our experiences, that you found some common threads. We'd like to invite you to revisit some of your timeline and see, like, can you pull out some of the lessons and that way you won't have to repeat them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.